Hey guys, Esther, I am so excited about our guest today. I know, you know, it's so fun being like starstruck and then actually getting someone on the show that you wanted. And I, I, I'm just really excited. Caroline, will you, will you tell everyone what we're up to today? Okay, so we have an amazing founder and CEO on today. She is, like I said, the brains behind the vegan, non-toxic, buzziest makeup brand in the biz. If you listen to this podcast, you know this brand, you're obsessed with it. It's on the tip of everyone's tongue. The brand is Tower 28 and her name is Amy Liu. And Welcome to the show. Yay! <laughs> Thank you guys so much. What a nice introduction. I'm humble. Amy- we have so we just we want to know it all. First of all, you so you live in in Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. And are you from here? So I my parents were immigrants from Taiwan. They came to America went basically right after college. They went to college together in Taiwan. Came right after college for grad graduate school, and I was born in Minnesota. So Wait, when you what? say, where am I from? I'm like, which part, which version of it do you want to hear? But I grew up in California from the time I was, I don't know, six years old. Okay. I've got, look, it's not about me today, but I do have family in Minnesota. They have some of the best Taco Bells in the country. You can save that for later. No, let's save it for now. <laughs> what makes a Minnesota Taco Bell better than a regular um, other 49 states Taco Bell? I don't know why, but I feel like Taco Bells here in LA, I just always have bad experiences. And in Minnesota, they're always better, even better than the Illinois ones. I can't explain it. You're high off the Minnesota air. You're not in your right mind. That's true. It's the cold air probably just makes the meal hotter and better. Anyway. Um, so Amy, you're like a very chic Santa Monica brand founder. And all the research I did about you is just like, the picture I get as you are, obviously, as we can see now, gorgeous, glowing, living <laughs> your best beachy West Side life. <laughs> and it's just, I'm, I feel like your brand, your brand founder story is almost kind of famous at this point. Like if you know about Tower 28, people probably know, you know, about your struggles with eczema and like what led you to develop such a non-toxic, clean, non-irritating brand. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to blow past that, okay? I, was I like, thought I was going to blow past it. I felt like you were, and I want to dive in deep because I did read, correct me if I'm wrong, you started this brand because you have eczema, because there weren't lines that cater towards that. Can you tell us about your skin struggle and what led you to launching your own brand? So I've had eczema chronically. So that means all the time, 
ongoing from the time I was probably around 20 years old. So when I, around when I, when I graduated, I would say from college, and I have long believed it was because I lived in the garage my senior year. <laughs> we rented, Wait, what? There were seven girls. My dream? I lived with seven <laughs> girls, and I did not actually pull the short straw that in you know, everybody, we were trying to figure out like what order you got to choose the rooms and in a huff, everyone was fighting. And I said, fine, I'll take the garage. And I've literally always thought that it was because of that, that I've had, because my thing was fine then. But I lived in the garage my senior year in college. And <laughs> can I just say, that's so ironic because that's like the cliche, right? That every brand started in someone's garage. It's like Amazon, <laughs> Apple. It's like started I in the in the garage. You're like, I don't have a story like that, except I got eczema from living in a freaking garage. My friends, I'm like, you bitches, because of you. <laughs> but now I should well, be wait. Single, maybe. <laughs> but wait, why do you think living in a garage as, gave you, as someone who strives to well, move into a shed, I just said, why did that give you better? Like, she was like, dry no air? reason. I don't live in my garage or anything. <laughs> really, let, me, let me preface this by saying I'm not a doctor. In fact, I have done every version. I've gone to every type of pseudo doctor you could possibly imagine, meaning I've gone to Chinese herbalists. I've gone to acupuncturists. I've gone to acupressure. I've gone to like dermatologists, allergists, like you name it. I've tried to cure my eczema. I've worn nothing but pants in LA for like full years, right? Like long skirts and pants because I wasn't willing to show my legs because I used to get it behind my, um, my knees mm -hmm. a lot. And then after my eczema would kind of calm down in between, it would sort of look almost like a bruise. And people would stop me and say things like, are you okay? Are you like, it was, it was just something I was hyper sensitive about. And, and I would get it on my face, which, which was really hard and on my hands. So that was probably the most common is you get it. Some people get eczema different places, I'm sure. But for me, it was on my face. It was on my hands. Um, and I could cover my pants, my legs with pants. But when I was showing people products um, meaning I was going to Sephora, I was going to Neiman Marcus, I was going to Nordstrom to their corporate offices, and I was showing the buyers products for the next season. And I was selling makeup and skincare and saying, you know, these are the next best things in beauty. But then I'm like, don't look at my face. Right. So it was just something I became really conscious of. And I think a lot of people, one thing that people who don't struggle with skin issues, I think, I don't know if they really realize it, but when you have skin issues, Yes, you want to fix them, but you also want to cover them up, right? So for me, and because people always say, well, why did you do skincare color as opposed to skincare? We have one skincare skew, but the rest of it is color. And it was really because I wanted, I wanted to wear makeup, but I was worried that wearing makeup would make my skin worse. Mm -hmm. Wanted to cover it up. But back to the really quickly though, because I'm getting off topic, but back to the garage thing, I went to see an allergist and he made me walk through my entire like life because what they say with a lot of these things whether it is your back or your stomach or whatever eczema is an anti-inflammatory like it's an inflammation in your body so it was it's essentially like your body is trying to fight something or overcompensate and for some people they it comes out in different ways but for me it was eczema and it was the, it's the idea that at least as described to me by a doctor is that something was being exposed. So say it was mold or I don't know, there was something maybe in that garage where my body was like, I need to fight this. 
And instead it fights it too much. And that's when it comes out in the form of eczema or whatever it is. So it's almost like this constant, like trying to stress, like to calm your body down. Cause it's, it's almost like in defense mode, you know, like think of somebody who's like just ready to get in a fight. Your skin's like reacting that way. But they mean Caroline. (laughs) Yeah. Ready to fight. Lovely, amazing skin. So I don't know if you can understand that at all. But (laughs) me, the minute that Esther implied that Minnesota Taco Bells were better than LA Taco Bells, I was like, (laughs) ready to come down on her ass. By the way, if you ever go to China, the Kentucky Fried Chicken is also better there. Just I believe it. I believe it. One hundred percent believe it. Side note, no, dying to try the new Beyond Meat KFC. Have you guys seen that there's that? No. Oh, oh. it's that just is. launched. I mean, every fast food place now has like a major deal with either Impossible or Beyond. Yeah. Anyway. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. You just like Wait. said chicken and I just like <laughs> was gone. I got off on a tangent. It was my fault. No, no, no. Wait, no, no, no. So what was your job when you were describing how you were covering your legs with pants, but showing sample? What was your job in the beauty world then? So I've worked in the beauty industry now for, oh God, I've been saying 15 and 16 years, but I think that probably doesn't include this period. Of, so call it 16 years, something like that. I, um, worked at Smashbox Cosmetics. I worked at Kate Somerville. I worked at Josie Marin. I've consulted for a bunch of local LA um, digitally native brands too. And essentially I always worked in marketing. And so I was always the one who was, I mean, whether I was even selling to customers because I would show up to events and sell too. But um, most of the time when I'm telling that story, it's because I was going to meet with merchants, which are the buyers of the products at Sephora and Ulta and those types of places. Wow. I read somewhere that you also interned at Maybelline at one point. Yeah, I did. That was my first job in beauty. I've got to like, more- wait, wait, the face she just made was like, yeah, that's not printed anywhere. How do you know? <laughs> I kind of was. I was like, did I tell I, you? I was digging through your dumpster last night, just going through <laughs> some, finding some personal papers. Um, got your social security. Don't worry. You don't have to send that. I already got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to know, cause like Esther and I are obviously such beauty junkies. We love every brand. Like, and I know you can't like spill the tea, so to say, so to speak, but like, let's start Maybelline. Working at a big drugstore makeup conglomerate, are there any like drugstore industry insider secrets that you can share from that time? So that was the only, the last and only really big brand I worked at. So after that, I went to go work for Smashbox, which is a big Estee Lauder brand today. But when I was there, it was, mm. it was considered an indie brand. Um, so I don't know if there's any tea to spill, except that those are really big companies, right? So when I worked at Maybelline is a L'Oreal brand and I worked at Maybelline DMI, which I don't even know what that stands for. It just means international, but it was something in French. And basically when you work at a big brand, I think you get visibility. Everyone's job just gets really small because the business is so big, right? So within, I was on the lip team and <gasps> the lip team, I was on the lip liner team. Wow. And, you know, whereas when I worked at Smashbox, I did international for everything for the entire lane. Right. So I think that the, I don't know if there's tea to spill. I think it's more that it's, it's just such a different experience. Um, And I think this role that I'm doing now, I was much more prepared to do having worked at indie beauty brands. Mm. You're forced to wear 
a lot of different hats and they're it's it's really entrepreneurial in spirit where I think those big brands can be great because you have resources, right? Like if you are, I don't know, trying to make like a visual merchandising unit, there's literally a team that is like, we are the visual merchandising unit <laughs> team, you know? And so you go to them and you're like, you put in a brief and you do all these things and it, it works, but you know, you have a budget. Whereas opposed to like an indie brand, you're kind of like always hustling. And I think that was such great preparation for me doing this now because as kind as you guys are, we're still small and scrappy, you know? <laughs> That's cool. You guys I, are killing it so flipping hard. I have to say the Tower 28, the branding and the visual storytelling hit on another level. I have to ask, cause I, I know we're jumping all over the place, but because I'm so excited, like what is that one product in your line that is the all-star that's like, maybe it was the first one or like the, the reason you launched it, like what product is that? And it can be more than one if you want, but I'm curious. <laughs> and then even as you say it, it's so hard for me to answer. So the one product that I feel is, it's probably the most like not exciting to me, but our SOS spray, because it, it's just a treatment spray, just in the sense that it's not like color and it's not makeup. Um, mm -hmm. but it is the product I literally wake up and I use first thing in the morning. It is the product that has, I feel like it sounds really dramatic, but in, for my personal testimonial, it literally has cured my eczema. So I have not had, like, I've, I have not gone this period of time without using topical steroids. I have not gone this far without using, I was doing oral steroids pretty mm. regularly. I'm not super proud of it, but I was doing it before I needed it, right? Which it's crazy how often you really feel like you really need it. If you are in the mind, if, if you can put yourself in my mindset at the time, but like every time I was going to, I don't know, a wedding or if I was going to even dinner, I don't know, whatever it was, you have these moments where you care about the way you look. Um, and I would pop a steroid like two days before if I knew Damn that. Damn girl, you were like Zac Efron filming Baywatch, just like roids <laughs> left and right. Right, yeah, different, a different. Is style. that true? Is that true? No, I mean, look at Zac Efron's abs. I Are have this whole still? theory about Zac Efron's abs. Like pre, I want to say <laughs> 2010, 2012, they were like in a pretty normal place, like really good abs. But sometime around Baywatch, they become these like weird CGI-esque. Like, they don't look real. They look awful. I worry uh, about him because he's, I've seen him at the comedy store before and that's kind of my rule of thumb for when a famous person is really not <laughs> mentally well is when I see them at the comedy store. And I, I just, yeah, I, it seems bad. Well, didn't he like allegedly beat up a homeless guy or something on what? a freeway? I'll look this up later, but th there's all kinds of like weird shit happening in Zac Efron's past. The abs are the least of it. So there's one ingredient in the SOS spray that's this like kind of pioneery, revolutionary skin ingredient. Totally. So I don't want to butcher it. There's literally only three ingredients in the spray. It is <gasps> purified water. It is a pharmaceutical grade salt. And then this ingredient called hypochlorous acid, which I didn't know about before either. And so what happened was a friend of mine who her husband is a surfer, he was, he started using the spray 
that had the ingredient hypochlorous acid in it. And he was using it on his feet for like reef cuts and things like that. And he just had it at home. And my friend was reading about it and she started spraying it on her face. And she was like, I swear to you, my skin has never looked better. I don't know what's in this. And she was like, and I think it might help your eczema. So I started using it on my body and actually it helped my body, but I started using my face and it didn't really help my face. And the part of my eczema that has always bothered me the most was my face, as you can imagine. Um, and so I found either way, I was like, this is still a great result because it was helping my body. So I found a chemist. I was like, how can I make a really simple product that is hundred percent natural that will actually work and hypochlorous acid. The reason why it hasn't been widely used is because they actually have a hard time making it stable. So the chemist that I worked with worked on it for eight years in terms of just being able to find a way to make it stable. Um, and we played with like the pH level, we played with the concentration of it and we got it to a point where it started to work on my face. And then I made like a hundred bottles of it. And I started sending them to like, just like friend, uh, me and like a girl on my team, we were like, let's just send them to people and see what happens. And it was so interesting because one of the girls who was on my team she was an intern and she got a boob job and she sprayed it because it's supposed to be great for like wounds and all these things. If you read about hypochlorous acid and she said that her doctor told her, I've never seen anyone heal so fast. What did you do? So oh my God, Caroline, we need to get boob jobs. I'm still hung up on the fact that it had a salt in it. I'm like hungry somehow. Also why, like, why I'm like thinking about a surfer's feet and I'm like turned on. Well, okay. My other question is it's like, we know it's completely eczema friendly, really good for healing eczema. What, what about, you know, people with maybe acne prone skin or rosacea or like all the crazy face? So that's the thing that makes this product so um, both hard to explain, but also so amazing because it's great for such a myriad of use cases. So for instance, what we were talking earlier about garage eczema inflammation so inflammation is essentially like the main if you like peel back the onion for any skin issue it is the root cause is inflammation and the thing that makes it worse is bacteria right so if you think about acne there's some sort of an inflammation in your skin it's coming out as acne the reason why people tell you not to pick your own zits is because when you pick your own zits it's creating bacteria and that makes it spread this product is antibacterial and anti-inflammatory. So because of those properties, it's able to help you keep your skin calm and cool, but also clean, which also can't, the pH level of your skin to kind of get rebalanced again so that your skin barrier can get back to where it's supposed to be. I can't help but wonder, Caroline, which one of us is the bacteria and which one of us is the inflammation oh in this God. podcast? I'm hung up on calm, cool, and clean, three ways that I've never, never been described as either of those three things. <laughs> I need to be bathing in my SOS Daily Rescue facial spray. I know. It sounds it so crazy. fun. We've seen people, I mean, like my own experience for me is just, it's just wild to me. I've never been able to have such consistent skin for such a long time where like now I've done a laser since then, which I would never have been willing to do. I worked at Kate Somerville where I could have gotten lasers for basically free. I could have done Botox. I could have done anything. I never did one thing while I was there because I was too scared to. 
And now finally my skin is just much more, I have other problems. Now I get to worry about like, you know, wrinkles and pimples like everybody else, but at least I'm not so worried about my eczema. It's amazing. Will you tell us, will you tell us about the, the dewy highlighter product that is like, it's very rare. I feel like to see a product that's kind of innovative and something different that you've never seen before. So I'm curious if you'll tell us a little, yeah, tell us about it. I mean, so super do, I think is a product that you're talking about and, um, that we call it super do and the shade is no shade, which we thought was really clever, but people all the time are like, Oh, you forgot to put a shade on. (laughs) (sighs) The shade Um, but anyway, it's a great, for me, again, it was wanting a product that was, I've never had that like glassy, dewy skin that you see like K-beauty girls have and like the Namvos of the world. And- I can't with Namvo. We've had her as a guest on the podcast yeah, before. Like I mean, I, it's, I, it's I, not I, fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Cool. Yeah. She's we have these so selfies. Wild. Wait, Esther, do you remember? We took selfies with Namvo afterwards and it was like, a trauma that I've never recovered from. Just the way that her skin looked on the front-facing camera versus ours. I just remember standing and like trying to find good light. Circling. I think we just gave up at one point. Oh, anyway, we glass like, skin is traumatizing. Certainly, if we circle enough. <laughs> certainly, well, if we circle enough times, we'll look start to look like Nambo. No, I think at one point she was like, "You guys step back a couple feet. I'll hold the camera and." I'll, I'll get a good pick. And there's pictures where we're like way behind her. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so Super Dew is basically, uh, we try to make sure all of our products, um, in terms of formulation, all of our products are both non-toxic. And by that, I mean, we follow the Credo Beauty no-no list, which is pretty strict. And then we also Ooh. follow the National Eczema Association's seal of approval guidelines because they are really strict about irritation. Um, And in order to meet their guidelines, we also have to get everything third-party tested for irritation on humans, not animals, Um, which means dermatologists tested as well. Um, And so that product is great because it's not only a bunch of, it's oils, but it's non-comedogenic oils, mean not, so it's not pore clogging. Um, And they're just, it's like a really dewy, glassy balm like the the girls on my team always make fun of me because I like literally will put it all over sometimes because if you rub it it will absorb into your skin like a moisturizer just like any other if you dab it it's more like a highlighter you are very glowy right now by the way oh well thank you yeah (laughs) no Namvo but you know oh god I mean who is Okay, it's a and it's a highlighter with no shimmer right no shimmer no it has no color at all actually is that is it the only highlighter? Is that legal? I'm like, should, can we, should we call the cops? Is it, it has to be, if not the only, one of the only highlighters without shimmer on the market. I mean, certainly most of them do have shimmer. So the only product we do have um, with shimmer in it is we launched a bronzer called Bronzino this past April. Congratulations. And I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. We'll send you some, but it's, it's great. It does have shimmer in it and specifically mica that makes up the shimmer. Um, and there's also a lot of stuff out there about mica right now. Um, we made sure like went down the supply chain route in terms of transparency to make sure it was not, um, no child labor, nothing, nothing funny about it made here. Um, actually in America and in Georgia. So we kind of 
made sure it was all of those things. And then the other thing about MICA that's interesting is that MICA, the National Eczema Association has it on their list. So they actually say that you're not supposed to use MICA. And we were like, well, why? I've never heard MICA being bad for you. But apparently when it's airborne, so in a pressed powder, it can be really irritating for your eyes, for your, it's, it's not good for you. Um, but apparently when it's in an emulsion like ours is, so that you're not inhaling it, then it's okay. So that, that was why they were okay with it. Mm, but this yeah. is a woman who does her research. <laughs> wow. I, it's just rare to like learn new stuff about beauty products. It really just is. I feel like, and that is fascinating because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a clean beauty freak. Like I'm afraid of my own shadow. So I always want my, my skincare and my makeup to feel really, really safe. And that's interesting to hear because there are a couple ingredients I get that get thrown out a lot that I don't know, but it's, it sounds like mica is like asbestos. <laughs> it's like safe, except when it's, it's actually safe, but not when you breathe it in. I'm just, I have a friend whose husband is named Micah. So this whole time I'm like really <laughs> struggling through this conversation. So I'm just like, Micah's toxic. Like <laughs> Micah's irritating. Micah's bad for you. I have a friend named Karen who's also having a very unfortunate time right now. <laughs> Dude. Oh, oh, that is the cursed name of 2020. I feel so That would bad be for- a bummer. Yeah. Would you change your name? Like, what do you do? Like, maybe. I... I hate to say it, but I mean, yeah. the thing for her is that she is like the antithesis of that that word in in its colloquial meaning currently. So um, at least there's that. <laughs> I want to start like a Karen's for good, like the like how can you? Because Carol Caroline and I have Karen energy, but no, let's rephrase that. Oh no. I don't want that soundbite, Carolyn, and I have Karen energy to ever be used against us. <laughs> I, I thought Karen, it. <laughs> Karen's are like, don't they call the manager and they're like, we want a refund? Well, okay. Yes, but it's evolved to be people that call the cops on black, innocent black people and stuff. I so know. it's, I'm more with her. <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> Most people I, think, are. I think Esther, yes, like six months ago, Karen more meant what you thought. But oh, now okay. it's more like women. I didn't realize. Like it's like the Central Park woman. Yes. Central Park. Karen. Okay. Okay. So Karen but, energy cannot be used for good. Copy that. Absolutely not. Unless you're Karening other Karens. I'm all about like if I see a Karen acting up in the streets, not wearing a mask, calling the cops. Like I'll call. I'll call the cops on that Karen. Yeah. Karen on Karen. <laughs> I'll, I'll Karen. I'll out Karen a Karen only if to punish that Karen. That's what I'm saying. This is okay. Okay. Full circle on that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. While we're going through the products, I mean, we're going through the Tower 28 products, the SKUs. I got to ask. So I read somewhere that I want to get it right. The Shine On Lip Jelly. Uh Is it or is it not? Is it true that it's possibly an homage to Juicy Tubes? Oh, for sure. Oh, So I am like a child of the 90s, and I really wanted to make a clean version of Juicy Tubes. So like a touch of color, the pop of, you know, like a a gestated popsicle. But I also didn't want it to be sticky um, and something that really would nourish your lips, like something that was actually good for you. So yes, you're 100% right. (laughs) A couple things here. One, that's amazing. Two, have you guys been getting targeted ads on Instagram that Juicy Tubes are coming back? Oh, they're, they're relaunching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
crazy, right? Yeah. I need to look that up. That's- I, I wonder if they changed the formula or if it's the same. I haven't tried it. I don't know. My favorite juicy tube though, I have to say, do you guys remember the opaque light baby pink one that kind of smelled like a dreamsicle? That was like, yeah, that was it for me right there. That just. Oh my God. Juicy tubes. Yeah. I, I just looked it up. I, oh my God. There was nothing. Yeah. There was just nothing like hitting a Macy's on a Friday night with your gals. (laughs) It was always at the Macy's for me. It's like, we're hitting the Macy's. We got a 25% off coupon. Oh, the Lancome counter doesn't take it. That's okay. I'll put it back in my backpack. I'll use it later. You're a really small backpack. <laughs> yeah, it's like pop it back in there. I this. Well, I, so I want to ask about um, because your brand and you as a person, you have a, there's a real like like Caroline said earlier, a California beach vibe. And will you tell us a little bit about why that is so such a big influence on your brand and like who you are? Explain yeah. that more. So I think, like I mentioned, I grew up in the 90s, and I grew up actually about an hour east of where I live now. I grew up in where the Claremont Colleges are, if you know where that is. Pomona? Yeah. My dad went to Pitzer, girl. Oh, well, there you go. My husband went to Pomona College. So, yeah. Wow, so, smart guy. <laughs> he's a big fan of the school, really a big fan. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so I grew up out there, and in at that period of time, or maybe just within my subset of – friends, we were really into surf culture at the time. So that was like when, you know, Hurley was really popular and Billabong. Roxy. And Roxy. Varnay, which you guys may or may not remember. was Varnay. Oh, my, <laughs> yes. I, my dad had some cool Varnay sunglasses. That yeah. was like. And I just really remember what it was like to have that be so, um, such a big part of pop culture, but I really didn't feel included in it. So all of my friends were very much blonde eye, you know, blonde hair, blue eye girls. Um, but I wasn't. And I really, I remembered that feeling of like not, not being represented. And um, since college, I've lived in Santa Monica and um, on the west side of LA. And I think, just, and my husband surfs and we, like a lot of our vacations are we live near the beach, but then we go to the beach, you know, because of him and loving surfing and everything. And I just felt like it was so much a part of my identity in some ways, but one that I didn't see myself in, in a lot of ways. Um, so that was really part of it. And also specifically, in case you didn't know, Tower 20 is a real place. Um, it is a lifeguard tower that is at the intersection of Santa Monica and Venice. And it was literally where I would go with my family and with my friends. So when you go to the beach, right, people text each other and they're like, well, I'll see you at Tower 28 or see you at Tower 26. And those are the two towers because they have parking lots next to them and you can walk out to them. That's how you find each other at the beach. And that literally is how the name happened is because I couldn't, I actually had another name. Can't, it's really hard to name something nowadays. Couldn't get the trademark, going back and forth. A friend of me was like, hey, we're going to Tower 28. You want to (laughs) come? And I was like, wait. Maybe this is it because it is it's like it's a meeting. It's like a literal meeting place for friends, which to me symbolizes community. If you know, have you guys been to Santa Monica and Venice? Esther can't swim. So <laughs> that's a note. She literally can't swim. It's been a minute. I was, a a, I was a Zuma Will Rogers girl myself growing oh, up. I did, I did junior lifeguarding. I grew up in the Valley and I did this like teen lifeguarding program. 
it's a really traumatizing time for me. I can't talk about it right now, but so I was, uh, I was more at those beaches, but. Well, if, if you've been to Santa Monica and Venice, you, there's literally this point where you drive, if you walk on the boardwalk from Santa Monica through Venice, where you can feel the change because Venice is sort of, I don't know, like a little more gritty, a little more urban. Like you Mm. can smell the weed in the air. There's people getting tattoos on the street, like all that kind of thing. And then in Santa Monica, it's much more like touristy families, um, just a very different vibe. And I've loved that. I've always loved that that point of the beach, you literally see like every kind of person. So our products are all $28 and under. Oh, because I also wanted it to be accessible. And so the beach to me has always been this place that like everybody gets to go and lead a healthy lifestyle. So hence that's why. (laughs) I, uh, I love that. I love it. I I just like slap a palm tree on something and (laughs) I buy into the branding. I want to be a part of that. I, who doesn't want to be a cool, non-toxic LA girl? Speaking of which, Amy, I know my research is coming off a little bit creepy. I'm just going to own it. (laughs) I, I read somewhere and this is like a topic that's near and dear to me and Esther's hearts. And I, I really, really need you to explain this more. Is this about Chipotle? No, that you, (laughs) Esther, please. That you start your day with celery juice. I wish I could tell you that I was still doing that. I've a little bit fallen off the... You passed the test. You um, passed the test. I was was waking. I would say that before quarantine, I was really good about it. Also, when my, my sister was living with us for a while and she was making it, so that made it easier. Oh, well, that's a different story. You're like, oh, I just wake up and there's magically celery juice on the counter. Your sister's yeah. like up at I mean, like 3.30 in the morning. Because I, I was doing that. That is a true story. I was really doing it. Now I just try to make sure I drink water before I drink coffee. It was really like, can I get something in my body other than coffee in the morning? I relate to that so hard. My biggest struggle in the morning, at first it was like, I'm going to drink like eight ounces of water before I have my coffee. And now it's literally like, Caroline, just have one fucking sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, all you have to do is just chug down one sip and then you're not just putting goddamn like rocket beans in totally. your colon. First thing. I don't even try. I've given up on that. I just do. I get, I'm halfway through my latte before I even think to touch the water. Now we are talking coffee, Amy. I, I can't touch on coffee without knowing how do you drink it? What do you make it for yourself? What's going, what's, what are you doing? I am an everyday double shot um, latte iced every day. This is the same. We're all three the same. What kind of milk and well, how do you do your espresso? Specifically Oatly, which I've had a really hard time finding in quarantine for some reason. So every time I do find it, I buy like five of them. Um, you and the, you addictive, and addictive hoarding behavior like that. <laughs> um, so that and, and always, you know, a, a steel straw, you know, <laughs> trying to be trying to be eco here. But yeah, so that's my everyday, but I do, I lean towards waking up and wanting my coffee immediately. It's like the first thing I do. Um, and I, I'm kind of a coffee snob. Like I drink good beans. I use good beans. Mm. Um, tell us about that. Feel free to tell us more about those beans. (laughs) I get my beans from a local coffee shop here called Cafe Lux. Um, They're not cheap. Um, And I, and I, and I love it. And I also, I listened to one of your podcasts and you guys talked about how you don't like to meditate. And I was like, 
you <laughs> because <gasps> I have such a hard, I really want to meditate. I we really, all do. I really have the intention. And it, this only reminded me because you were talking about my, maybe you've done some research on my former routine. I was really good about waking up an hour before my kids. I saw that too. Yeah, it's changed a little bit to be perfectly honest in quarantine, but I've got to get back to it. I really feel like the first month of being quarantined, I had all this adrenaline and it was like leading me to cooking three meals a day and vacuuming the stairs yeah. and like all this shit that just, and now it's back to normal Esther where there's takeout and there's dust piling up. Like <laughs> I have to kind of recalibrate everything now that the excitement and fear is kind of subsided. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also for me, my mornings have become a little less, I'm trying to bring the routine back, but I have three kids. And in the morning before it was like, I've got to wake up, I've got all the things done because we have to get out the door. We have to get everyone to school. Like there's a thing that is driving your day, um, which is your schedule. And now because we don't even have school starting in the fall. So. Put the kids to work. Start (laughs) filling some pallets. (laughs) Right. Pack up this order. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, I mean, one of my kids made bread for me the other day. I thought that was lovely. <laughs> that's something. That's a start. Whoa. Esther's that's like, should I have cool. kids? I know. I will like, I'm not even going to touch on it. My relationship to the idea of having kids is so, it's bizarre. Oh. I'm just very impressed that you have three. It's something I, I don't understand it. It's incredibly impressive. That is amazing. Amy, you look so glowy, beautiful, fresh faced. I can't believe you're like homeschooling three kids and running your own brand. I don't understand. I mean, I, the, the kid thing is really hard, I think. And I, my heart goes out to anyone who's doing it with even like, at least I have, you know, my kids, my, two of my kids share a room, but the other one has their own room. Like if you live in a really, really small space, all those things, I just, I think must be so hard. True. Okay. I have a couple more nerdy questions. By the way. What? (laughs) What? Wrong. I really do love celery juice and I believe in the the benefits of it. Oh. It's lazy. Oh, that's not what I wanted to hear. But you do believe, you believe in the benefits? (laughs) Really? Come on. (laughs) I feel like it helps like detoxify your body. Oh no. Okay. (laughs) No, no. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> agree to disagree. And frankly, I don't do it every day anymore either. So you don't have to hate me. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Okay. Sensitive skin related questions. I feel like a lot of people listening might have sensitive skin, whether it's eczema, ba da da da. Any drugstore wallet friendly sensitive skin racks? I mean, of course, everyone go buy Tower 28. Like, that's number one priority. But just curious if there's any like ride or die mainstay products that you really swear by for sensitive skin. So this is actually one of the reasons why. So, okay. So first to answer the question, I think there are oils are really great for sensitive skin unless you have nut allergies. So if you have a nut allergy, then, you know, an argan oil is tough or there's certain oils out there that are going to be harder for you. But in general, I think any type of, like when you have sensitive skin, what you're looking to do is really just to kind of be benign and keep it calm. And most oils are, unless you're talking about essential oils, most oils are pretty good at locking in the moisture in your skin, which is 
what you really are trying to do mm-hmm. and to protect it. So like when people tell you to put aquifer on your skin because it's sensitive, what they're trying to tell you to do is to lock it in so your skin has the ability to heal underneath it, right? Um, but aquifer is not clean. So that feels oftentimes like the trade-off. Like there's a lot of things that people will tell you to use when you have, like at the drugstore, if you have sensitive skin, they'll point you to um, like Cetaphil, right? Cetaphil is very benign. It won't hurt you, but it is also not clean. So if that is something that you care about, and for me, um, when I think that that was important to me because when you have eczema or acne or those types of skin issues, your skin's literally open. And so then when you think about these statistics that you hear about, if you put something on your blood, you're on top of your skin, then it's in 70% of it goes into your bloodstream. All I could think was, well, my skin's open. So does that mean a hundred percent of it's going into my, into my system? And I think that's part of the problem at the drugstore levels. There aren't that many things where the, there aren't that many products or offerings available where that intersection of being both clean and good for sensitive skin are available. And that's why when we, when I started putting this brand together, it was really important to me to maintain a price point that was, if you look at our price point, it's really, it's entry level prestige. So we're at Sephora, but we're just over like what a Sephora collection product is, right? But we're less than like a Mac or Clinique. And certainly Mm. in the clean world where your average price point is, I think an average lip gloss in the clean world is maybe $22, $24. And our shine on lip jelly is 14. Mm. So we're trying really hard to keep things at an entry level price point, which I know is really cool. Still expensive for some people, but. Okay. Another nerdy beauty free question. Is there a beauty or skincare product that you wish you invented? Oh. So I've been using um, that now that my skin is a little bit more able to kind of handle things. I started using that really smelly product, Biologique Recherche. You know that? Oh, Biologique Recherche. Yes, you said it much nicer. <laughs> I took a year of French, Amy. Yeah. I don't want to flex too hard on you, but yeah, I speak very little. I mean, it's stinky, but I feel like it does something. I believe it. Yeah. Which one? It's a lip balm? No, Esther. it's like a, a stinky toner. Toner. Did you get oh, matched for it? Oh, that one. Did mm-hmm. you get matched for it at like the biologique counter or like by a professional? Esther bought it for me. I'm loving your sister. I know. I want to have her on the pod. Yeah, no, so she she gave it to me. I love that. I mean, there's a lot of products. I have been using the Fortuna. Do you know that brand Fortuna? Mm-mm. No. It makes a serum that I think is great. Um, Al, uh, my friend Allison McNamara has a brand called Mara, and I love her universal face oil. Mm. Um, there's, I mean, I think there's such great products out there. I just started, I've never used a CBD product before, but I just started using the St. Jane Beauty Serum, and I think that's lovely. So Skincare, CBD and skincare. I'm like so, I'm like a grandma. I like, for some reason, I draw the line, and I, I need to open my mind and open my eyes, but I'm like, there's no way CBD skincare is real. Like, I'm, I have such a wall up against it. Wait, I have a question. I have oh, a question. Ooh. Okay, so... 
I, I know we're in like quarantine, we're not traveling, we're not, we're working from home, all these things. But as you can see from Caroline's video and not mine right now, but I'm still really into like to go drink containers. It's reusable to go drink containers. Like it's just my mindset is always, I want to be able to grab my tote bag, yeah. throw like six really important things in. And I'm just curious, like if you're running to a family member's house or a friend's house or maybe to the office and you're going to be there for six hours and you have your tote what are like three makeup products that you're you're like i just want to have this in case i see someone or what what are those three things that you have to have with you i mean I, for a six uh, hour work day for a six hour so i really love blush. I've also been known in my life to sometimes be an over blusher. I'm like one of those people that'll get a picture of myself back and be like, Oh, maybe I should have toned it down a little bit. Um, I really love a good blush and we have one. Um, we have three shades of our blush called the beach please and luminous tinted balm. And I really love the shade magic hour. It's my everyday. I love all three of them, but I will say magic hour is my everyday. And you can use that one on, you can use all three of them on eyes, lips and cheeks. Um, so that's an easy one. The second one would be the lip jelly. Have you guys tried our products, by the way? I need to give you all some. We but. have been, we've ordered some, We, but now I'm like, I didn't order enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, because a clean, a clean balm that goes on eyes, lips, and cheeks is just, I'm starting, my body's tingling. I'm yeah. getting excited. <laughs> I'm a, yeah. So easy because people, I think you cream products were hard to use but I actually think they're the easiest because they're so blendable that you can use your fingers. You can like put them, dot them anywhere. And you can, if you put too much, you can just keep blending them out, which is super easy and, and very portable too, obviously. I have um, to say, yeah, magic hour is a hero product for me. I live for a creamy, dusty rope. Yeah, I don't even know. It's like a very neutral, universally flattering cream blush and that is like if I had a desert island makeup product it would be either magic hour or something like that's it for me yeah no I mean it's that's what it is for me it's just I I love that product um lip jellies and I love fearless which is the purple one um people I think are a little bit afraid of that color because it's purple but the it, it's purple and it's nasty tone, but when you put it on it's just like the perfect little bit of a touch of color. It's really not that, that bright. Um, so that's my favorite lip jelly. Um, um, am I supposed to say other people's products or am I, <laughs> is that no, okay? No, no, we're done talking about Whatever other people's. You... <laughs> we're back on. And the truth, the truth is I really, I do have, I carry SOS with me everywhere. So that really is, I feel like I'm, I maybe wasn't supposed to say just my own products, but I really no, do. No, I think, oh yeah. I want to ask about a project that I saw you were starting called the Clean Beauty Project or the Clean Beauty School. Can you tell us and our listeners more about that? Yeah. So it's called the Clean Beauty Summer School. And basically what happened was, um, you know, Black Lives Matter has been this huge thing that's happened in all of our lives, obviously. Um, and certainly long before that has been happening. And um, we did all the things, right? Like we posted the black square and we donated money and we took a day off and reflected. And I really was trying to think of like, what else could we do? I, I'm not an influencer. I've never had um, a platform. And frankly, I felt this responsibility of like, well, what else can I do? And um, somebody emailed me and they said, 
hey, I see a lot of other beauty brands um, are giving away money and they're giving out grants and loans. Is this something that you can do for me? And it was just an email to the general email. And I wrote her back and I said, I'm so flattered that you think that we're, you know, of size to be able to do those things, but we're really not at that point yet. Um, but I would love to help you if there's something that I can do. So I think, like I mentioned before, like I really genuinely do believe in collaboration over competition. I really um, feel like so much of where I've gotten in my career and in my business has is a result of other people helping me. So paying it forward is really important. Um, and she, I offered her, I said, like, why don't you and I sit down for like 30 minutes? And if there's anything I can do to help you, that that's what I can probably do for you. So more valuable at this stage than my money, I think is, or anything that I would actually be financially able to contribute would be my time. Um, and then I thought, well, what can I do to kind of scale this and how can I get more people involved? And I'm in like a group text with a few other founders that we all met at um, the Credo Beauty Summit. So we all have clean beauty brands and we're kind of, you know, we just help each other. And I wrote to all of them and I said, I've got this idea. What if each of us taught a class? What if each of us mentored a person? Um, and we started this summer school and literally all of them within like minutes said, yes, I'm in. And I just sat up one day and I like wrote it all out. And then I thought, well, what if we made it bigger? And there's actually like a prize at the end of it. Um, so in the end, we got, we just finished, we closed applications last week. We got 314 applications. All of them were, the criteria was it had to be black owned or majority black owned. You had to have a product or a prototype. It had to be beauty, um, three employees or less in limited distribution and US residents. So actually, if you think about it, that's a pretty concise group of people. Um, and I was floored that we got that many applications. Wow. Um, and so these 314 people are getting cut down to 10, which has been so incredibly hard. I read every single essay wow. and watched every YouTube video. Um, we have 10 finalists. Each of those 10 finalists will go through a 10 class. So each one of us is teaching a course. So I like I'm teaching a class. We have um, the founder of um, founder and CEO, Annie Jackson from Credo is teaching a class on how to work with retailers. We have Kat Chen, who was the head of operations at Honest Company, and now she owns Skylar. She's the founder of Skylar at Fragrances. So we have all these amazing founders teaching classes for 10 classes. And then at the end of it, they pitch and they pitch to um, the head buyer for hair at Ulta, the head buyer for skin at Sephora, a uh, private equity, um, partner, a, uh, an angel investor wow. and, um, a beauty, a beauty editor. So glossy, um, Priya Rao from edit from glossy and they get a prize of $10,000 grant. They get wow. a guaranteed meeting with Sephora, a guaranteed meeting with Ulta and $13,000 worth of retail services support from this company called headcount, which basically they go into stores and help you physically go into stores and educate consumers and educate um, staff to help you sell your products, which is something that like I've never even done because I couldn't afford it. So it's really an incredible and juicy opportunity. And I just feel like it's, um, it's so heartwarming to see this community of people come together and 
like literally every person I asked said yes. And in fact, people I didn't ask wrote to me and said, can I mentor? Can I participate? So it's just, I, I think the really cool part of it is it's, it's almost like a community coming together to help people. Well, now I'm like, how can we help? Can we like be part of the prize and can the, the can they come on our show? Like I want to oh, be involved. Yeah. This is so this. cool. This is, I can't believe that you got all this going. Like this sounds so it. incredible. It literally happened from like text to launch maybe 11 days. Wow. Which is crazy, wow. right? Like I could not believe that we got it up and running so fast. And the amount of like the ground, it's just, I think in, at a time when there's so much negativity in the world and there's so much happening that is tough, that having something like this to, to focus on has been so nice for me. And it's really, it brings people together in a different way. Cause I think you can know someone professionally, but you don't know what their values are sometimes. Um, so it's that's incredible. Let, yeah, awesome. let us, we definitely want to help in any way we can, any additional way, let us know, but we would love to have yeah. person, whoever wins on the show. Great. I would love that. Love to have them on and harass them about their past drinking celery <laughs> juice. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, Perfect. or shame they're drunk it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in pandemic. Oh my gosh. Amy, well, thank you so much for oh. taking the time out of your busy life to talk to two gremlins <laughs> who just want to look like you. Um, we are so like just in awe of your generosity, of your time and your knowledge. And we're huge fans of the brand. And we just want to say thank you so much for coming today. And where is the best place for people to find and consume you and your brand? I'm so assuming it's Instagram at tower 28 beauty. Our website is also tower 28 beauty.com. We're sold at credo all stores online, Sephora all stores and online wow. um, in us and Canada wow. and revolve for anyone international. Wow. So I'm so impressed. Um, you guys, thank you for listening. Caroline and I appreciate your listenership. We are both. I'm Esther monster on Instagram. Caroline is porkchop.biz for some uh, reason. I know. <laughs> I know it's fun. It's, it's quirky. People like it. Okay. Um, my tie dye and merch is at sleepover by Esther.com and at sleepover by Esther on Instagram and Caroline has uh, crazy celebrity masks at carolinegoldfarb.com. And um, as always, follow us on Instagram. We'll have a product guide every week for every episode of Going Up Podcast. You guys, thanks for listening. Thank Bye. you for having me. Amy, thank you. We love you. Aww. Podcast Network.